Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello again. This is Two Bills in a Pod. This is Daniel Hahn recording to you today. Another uh, truncated version and another, once again, just solo, uh, one person from Two Bills in a Pod instead of both of us. Jordan McGee is still out sick. Uh, She is doing well, for those of you who are wondering. She recorded our episode last week. This week, it is me. We are doing some scrambling with the technology. But nonetheless, we wanted to give you another Two Bills in a Pod episode before this Sunday's game against the New York Jets. The Bills, as Jordan would say, win against the Atlanta Falcons on last Sunday. They defeated them 29-15 at home. The Bills, with that win, clinched a playoff berth this year with the Ravens' loss. That means no matter what happens on Sunday, you will see the Buffalo Bills in the 2021 NFL playoffs. Yes, I know it's 2022, but hey, that's how the year works for the NFL. The Bills won this game pretty handedly. I would say they won by running the ball. Josh Allen did not have his best day. Three interceptions, two of them off of tipped passes at the line of scrimmage. Also a red zone interception, which is not really something that he's done this year. He's been very good with the football in the red zone. One of the least turnover teams in the NFL in terms of red zone conversions. But Josh Allen, late in the first half, did have an interception that kind of kept the Falcons in this game maybe longer than they should have stayed. The Falcons themselves didn't really, in my opinion, pose much of a threat throughout this game. Yes, the game was a little bit closer than it should have. The Bills kind of gave them some points. I mentioned the three turnovers from Josh Allen. Also, the muffed punt early on by Marquez Stevenson in the snow that gave them a safety to start the game. So he had a very odd score, a 2-7 to for a large portion of this game. But once the Bills started kind of humming along, they moved the ball consistently. Second straight week, Matt Hawk was not used in the punting game whatsoever. My man has got the easiest paycheck going right now. Not to say that my other boy, Corey Bjorquez, did not. He also led the he had the fewest punts last year, and I still want him back. But nonetheless, uh, the Bills were able to overcome a few mistakes. They were able to force the Falcons into some, I don't want to say sloppy play, but really what it came down to was once the Bills kind of abandoned the passing game and said, we're going to use our power running game, Josh Allen being a big feature of that, 15 carries for the big quarterback for Buffalo, 81 yards, two touchdowns. Once they shifted to the power running game, they had a lot of success. The Atlanta Falcons really couldn't stop it. Devin Singletary went over the century mark, 110 yards this game on 23 carries. Two touchdowns for him rushing, two touchdowns for Josh Allen. It seems very, very odd to say that the Bills' running game won them a game, but beside the dominant defense, that's really what this game came down to. When you have three interceptions, when you have the wintry conditions, need to find other ways to move the ball. The Bills were able to do that with the running game. That also is going to be something to monitor this week as they face the New York Jets. 15 carries for Josh Allen. That's a lot of hits on your quarterback, especially when to utilize him, you're going to really want to 
have him fresh and healthy so that you can do this same type of offense in the playoffs if you choose to. Uh, it's one of the things we'll talk about when we preview the New York Jets game this Sunday. I don't know how often they're going to run him. I don't know how long he's going to play. Yes, you want to win the division at home, but when you look at what this Bills team has done to kind of get things turned around since Tampa Bay's first half, they've really leaned on Josh Allen, kind of taking the gloves off, letting him run the ball, letting him be part of this offense, use the RPO game, use the power sweeps, and then you mix in a lot of Devin Singletary, who's really found his footing, uh, for lack of a better word, in terms of running between the tackles, making guys miss. And it shows that when this running game is good to complement the passing game, this offense is very, very difficult to defend. So what else happened that led the Bills to victory in this last game against the Falcons? You know, the biggest play of the game is obviously the one that everyone is going to get a good, let's not say a laugh out of, but it's definitely a a factor in the game that we didn't see coming. So the Bills are up 29-15. It's kind of near near the end of the game, late in the fourth quarter. The Falcons are about to score again. Matt Ryan scrambles. He slides in on third down. Um, Then he starts taunting, gets a 15-yard penalty for taunting. But, you know, whatever. That's going to be taken on the kickoff or the extra point. Uh, Not so fast. He slid feet first, which means when your knee goes down, you're a dead. Basically, the play is dead wherever the ball is. The ball was not past the plane of the end zone, which means that the touchdown was actually stopped at like the inch yard line, but the 15 yard penalty puts them back. So now you're looking at third and goal, you know, all the way back in, you know, the early part of the red zone. So therefore the bills get a stop turnover on downs. Bills end up winning the game by just running the ball a few more times, getting some first downs and running the clock out. I did not have down that Matt Ryan was going to be the player that would get the unsportsmanlike penalty that would, you know, for lack of a better term, seal the deal on this game. But That's what happens. I think this Bills defense can be very frustrating to even the most veteran of quarterbacks. Yes, there's chirping in the game. Yes, that probably played a factor in it. But Matt Ryan is typically, this is not in his MO where he has a lot of unsportsmanlike. He's not one that you hear a lot of players saying, you know, man, this guy's talking a lot of trash during the game. Like a, you know, what, like a Phillip Rivers, you know, some daggun it, you know, all that stuff. But, you know, the game was still pretty much out of line, even though a lot of people are going to say, oh, they're an unsportsmanlike penalty away from losing to Matt Ryan. I don't believe that. The Bills had a nice little advantage in this game. They had a two-score lead for much of the second half. They didn't punt the ball, like I said earlier. They gave the Falcons a lot of opportunities to make this game a lot closer than it should have been. Sure, you didn't cover your 15-point spread or 17-point spread, but you still won by two touchdowns pretty easily at home. The Bills, to me, have had a lot of games like this where they've let other teams kind of play around a little bit longer than they should. They haven't sealed them away, and that's happened in their losses. You go back to the New England on Monday Night Football game. That that game against New England, I know the conditions were, were rough. I know that played a factor. Yes, Mac Jones only threw three times, and he got yelled at for two of them. The Bills were the much more comfortable team in the elements, and this game and the way the team is built – You're going to get a lot of, you know, opinions in terms of should they build a dome? Should they not build a dome? Yes, this team wants to be an aerial assault. Yes, that is more conducive for perfect weather conditions. But they're comfortable playing in this weather. It may not be ideal. It may, you know, I would say narrow the the gap in talent because the conditions kind of equalize a lot of teams, especially a team like Atlanta that shouldn't have been keeping up with the Bills as long as they were. But Hey, things happen. I still 
like the snowy conditions. I mean, granted, I wasn't a player on Sunday, but the Bills are able to at least, the more they play in it, the more comfortable they are. And then you hope that gives them a little bit of an advantage when it comes playoff time. They're not going to be seeing a lot of dome teams in the playoffs, most likely. Your AFC right now is a lot of, you know, I don't want to say cold weather teams, but teams that are familiar with the elements or can practice in the elements if they are a dome team. This is just one of those games where it was the second time the Bills kind of played with a wintry mix. They looked comfortable, and that's important because you're looking into the playoffs and you're looking at this week against the Jets and thinking, all right, do we need to win this game to get a home field game in the playoffs by winning the division? I would like that. I think a lot of you would like that. The Bills players would like that. They don't have to travel as much, but we'll see what happens. Other than that, I don't have a lot to say. That game was a long time ago. The three interceptions by Josh Allen, they're concerning. I'm more concerned about the fact that the Falcons decided that rather than going after Josh Allen and in the pocket that they decided they could sit back and try to tip the ball and had some success. It'll be interesting to see if other teams try to adopt that. Josh Allen's not the easiest guy to tackle. He's escapable out of the pocket, even if you think you contain him. So you look at what teams can do. Another option is to kind of sit back and make Josh Allen have to beat you throwing the ball in the pocket and just try to time his passes and jump up and get some tips. It worked for Atlanta. You look at what the Steelers did to, to Baker Mayfield on Monday Night Football. You can win a lot of games doing that. Josh Allen, a bigger quarterback. I don't expect a lot of tip passes from him, but because there was some success by this Atlanta defense, I'd suspect that we'll see a little bit of it against the Jets this week, and we'll see how the Bills adjust. But overall, this was a very, very solid performance. You have to be, let's say, heartened by the running game and the fact that they were able to win a game on offense using the running game, something we haven't seen a lot this year. You want to be multiple. You know the playoffs, it's only going to get harder. The defenses are only going to get more talented. They're only going to get more well-schemed. They're going to take away what you want to do best. And what the Bills want to do on offense is they want Josh Allen to get the ball to Stephon Diggs. They want the deep pass, but they're going to try to take it away if you're the opponent. So having a strong running game can kind of maybe bring those safeties a little bit closer, bring those linebackers into the line of scrimmage a little bit closer. And if this offensive line is healthy, I see no reason why this running game can't at least be serviceable and complimentary for what the rest of the offense wants to do. All righty. So normally when we finish a, a team or a matchup, we would say, hey, what do you think of this team heading forward? We only have one week left. The Falcons move on. They are eliminated from the playoffs. They needed a lot to go right, and, and they didn't get it by losing to Buffalo for one. But I'll say this, the Falcons, they are an interesting team heading into the offseason. They had their first year under head coach Arthur Smith. Um, I don't know what the future holds for them at quarterback. That's obviously the biggest question mark with Matt Ryan. He's getting up there in age. But they were able to beat almost all the opponents they were favored to beat this year. They, they didn't beat any playoff caliber teams, but they took care of business against the lessers. And they were kind of in the playoff hunt up until the last two, three weeks of the season. Is that where you want to be? No. I, I always stand by the fact you want to be very, very good or you want to be very, very bad. If you're like the Bills were for 20 years and you're just 7-9, and 8-8, nine, eight and 9-7, eight, and seven, then you're kind of in no man's land and you got to kind of make a decision one way or the other. Because of the way the Falcons have finished their year, they're not going to be in the top running for one of those top draft pick quarterbacks. Maybe they're going to make a trade. 
But overall, I do like some of the young talent on this team. I think you have to be impressed with what Arthur Smith did this year. Not overly impressive, but he's a rookie head coach taking over for a very poor offensive team that was able to pick Kyle Pitts very high in the last draft. Kyle Pitts had a phenomenal year. They played most of the year without their star receiver, Calvin Ridley, who's had some mental health issues that he's had time away for. So I don't know where the Falcons go, but I will say this. They're going to be one of those teams that are going to be very, very interesting to watch in the offseason because they can go in a lot of different directions. They have cap issues. That's why they trade away Julio Jones. But obviously, they're going to be a non-factor this weekend. You don't really need to watch the game if you have no rooting interest because they're not playing anyone that's you know, of note. But I do think long-term, I think this is a team that's going to play a significant role in terms of the offseason because are they going to be buyers? Are they going to be sellers? Are they going to be traders? Um, they're one of those teams that do have some nice pieces that other teams would covet, and we'll just see what happens. Next up, all right, we're going to move to the New Jersey Jets. The Jets come in to face the Bills this weekend. The game has been flexed to the 4 o'clock hour, so no longer a Sunday 1 o'clock game. It's flexed because it does have some implications. The Jets are actually standing in the way of the Bills clinching their first AFC East title at home since 1995. The Bills come in favored by 16.5 points, which is pretty crazy. Um... But that's the way the Bills have won all their games. They haven't won a game by less than 10 points in over two years. So if you're expecting the Bills to kind of walk away with this one, then 16 and a half is probably about where you should be gambling. But nevertheless, the Jets are actually coming in playing pretty well. They're getting healthy. They're going to have some of their star players coming back on the field. It seems like Michael Carter, the running back, might be back. Zach Wilson will suit up for them. We'll see about C.J. Mosley. He may be on the field as well. It doesn't look like Sheldon Rankings will be there, but you do have Zach Wilson suiting up. And to me, that's what I want to see because the first time the Bills played the Jets, it was the Mike White experience, and the Bills basically ended his Hall of Fame uh, career before it began. He has not been the uh, heir apparent in, in the Jets franchise since then. But you do get your first shot to see Zach Wilson, the number two overall pick in the draft out of BYU. He's had a full year. He's had a lot of game film now for the Bills to look at. He's going to get a chance to go up for the first time against Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott defense. This is a big game for the Jets. This is a chance for them to get on film how the Bills may attack this offense moving into the future. For the Bills, you don't have to show everything. This game isn't, I wouldn't call it a must win. It's a very, very nice to have win. But you're not going to throw out every single thing you plan to do to shut down Zach Wilson in the future. I think you're going to try to see if your vanilla defense can be confusing enough. If you can force the issue, maybe get some turnovers from him, keep him in the pocket. But overall, this is not going to be one of those games where the Bills are going to throw out all their tricks. They're going to rest some guys on defense. They're going to try to get up early. And if they get a big enough lead, kind of, you know, do treat it like a preseason game. Rust guys, seal the win, and then get out of there and maybe recover a couple injuries that are nagging for some players. For the Jets, Zach Wilson has played a lot better. Early in the season, he was throwing three, four picks a game. Last four games, he hasn't thrown an interception. He is getting much better with his ball security. He's, he's actually using his feet in a more productive way. He's had some impressive scrambles. And this is a Jets team that was a hair away from upsetting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last week. So... You can't say that the Jets aren't coming in pretty confident. They're playing their best football of the year, I would say, right now. 
It may not show up in the win column for them, but this is not going to be a, a pushover opponent for the Bills. And and so the Bills, what do you do? Do you go all out for a half? Do you go all out for three quarters? Do you go all out for the full game and just say, hey, look, we're riding a hot streak. Let's not just kind of cool our own jets by, by benching a bunch of players and, and getting rusty. This is not a bye week. Let's stay hot and see if we can't keep this hot groove going into the playoffs and see how far that carries us. I lean that direction. I don't like the uh, quote-unquote bye week where you kind of take your foot off the gas. You don't want to miss an opportunity to have a home playoff game if you're Buffalo. It's a home field advantage. I'd rather be hosting the Patriots or the Colts than going to New England or going to Kansas City. I mean, you control your own destiny right here if you're the Bills. The Jets are a very, very winnable opponent because, A, you've beaten them this year at their home. They already have their vacation plans you know, kind of worked out. They will try to win this game. They want to play spoiler for the Bills' AFC East title hopes, but you don't need to rely on the Dolphins. I say do your business, take care of Zach Wilson, move the football, continue to have success on offense, and you know what? If you get a big enough lead, then yeah, you can rest, guys. I think Mitchell Trubisky is perfectly capable of maintaining a lead. Mitchell Trubisky, in my opinion, is perfectly capable of winning against the Jets, too. But you're not going to bench Josh Allen. You're just not going to go all out with Josh Allen and run him this game as much as you did against the Atlanta Falcons. That being said, I'm not going to take the Bills to cover 16.5 points. I do think the Bills win the game. They're probably going to rest some players. It sounds like Stephon Diggs may not be active this game. If you're looking at it from the Bills' perspective, this is a smart move. Last year against Kansas City, you know Cole Beasley and Stephon Diggs were kind of nursing some injuries. They played through it. But it definitely slowed down this offense in the playoffs. If you can get Stephon Diggs to have a week off that kind of gets him more closer to 100% heading in the playoffs, that's probably more worth it than, than alternatives. And the Bills are deep at receiver. We've seen them get some production out of a Gabriel Davis, get some production out of an Isaiah McKenzie. Maybe we'll use a little more of Marquez Stevenson and Isaiah Hodgins and Jake Kumaro. But you should be able to rest Stephon Diggs. Emmanuel Sanders is also doubtful. You should still be able to move the ball against a Jets secondary that is pretty banged up all year. Um, and again, it's a home game. Jets have their bags packed. You just got to take care of business. Don't overlook them. Stay in the grind. It's one more game. You win the AFC East at home. You get to celebrate at home with your fans. The fans don't have to meet you at the airport. They're already there. They're already ready to celebrate. Um, I think it could, could be a very, very memorable game for the Bills and their fan base if they get this win against the Jets. I'm picking the Bills to win, just not by 16.5 points again. If they're up by that many or 20 points, they're going to take their foot off the gas a little bit down the stretch to conserve some, some health of their players who are a little more dinged up. Expect to see a lot more Zach Moss in the running game. Expect to see a little more Matt Breida in the running game. Devin Singletary is playing lights out, but he's gotten a lot of run over the last two, three weeks. You're going to kind of ease his workload a little bit, just like you will Josh Allen. Devin Singletary is the new RB1 for this team. It wasn't a, a running back by committee. It was a matchup-based type deal early on in the season. He's the guy now. And because of that, I think you're going to see him kind of, he's going to get some possessions. He's going to get some drives where he's the guy. But you're going to ease the workload on him because the Jets are a very physical team up front. Robert Sala likes the blitz. They're going to come after you. They have some talent there. Don't don't risk getting him injured. Um, and then we see you know a scrambling in the playoffs to fi fill the running back position and get some production out of it now that we just got it. So, yeah, I think fantasy-wise, if you have a 
championship that's still going on. You're going to have to look outside of the, the regular starters to kind of get some points. Michael Carter for the Jets, the running back, is an interesting add if he is playing. The Bills at times have been susceptible in the running game. They give up rushing touchdowns. They don't give a lot of passing touchdowns. I don't think this Bills defense is going to move very much or allow the Jets to move, I should say. But if the Jets are able to move the ball and get in the red zone, you have to like Michael Carter as a guy that's going to possibly get you a touchdown. But if I had to go deep in my little fantasy kind of hat, I would say maybe take a a flyer on a Zach Moss, a guy who I think is going to get more run this week. Or even take a look at an Isaiah McKenzie who is going to be out there potentially even with a Mitchell Trubisky and Josh Allen and going to get a little bit more run. And maybe the Bills are going to try to see if they can duplicate a little what he was able to provide against New England. Was that just a flash in the pan because Cole Beasley was out? Or is it something that we can really build upon? And as you look into the playoffs next year, that's a weapon that you might want to utilize depending on how defenses play you. All right. The other thing that I want to bring up the Jets is, um, how do I say this? Antonio Brown, because the Jets played very, very good against Tampa Bay. I think they should have won that game. They just kind of faded down the stretch. Tom Brady does what he does. But no one's talking about that. No one's talking about the fact that the Jets are playing pretty well right now. It's just Antonio Brown took off all of his clothes, ran off on the field during the game, had some you know, Instagram chick over to his hotel room the night before the game. He's kind of hinting that he might sue the team because he was injured and they try to give him some high dose of painkillers. The team released him. Antonio Brown is a nightmare that the Bills avoided. I think we can all be happy about that, but don't sleep on the fact that this Jets team is playing pretty well. They've been a tough out over the last couple weeks. They're not going to be the same Jets that we saw several weeks ago, but I do think this is a great opportunity for the Bills to get Zach Wilson on film get their defense used to seeing him and get used to seeing a mobile quarterback. Matt Ryan, not very mobile. Cam Newton is mobile, but you really don't have to account for him in the passing game. When you transition to the playoffs, thinking about their possible playoff opponents, one of them being the Indianapolis Colts. Yes, Jonathan Taylor is going to be the guy, but Carson Wentz is better in the RPO game than a lot of other quarterbacks. He's a pretty mobile guy. I think it's good for this Bills defense to get used to seeing another fast quarterback who might scramble out there and try to work on containment. So, This will be a fun game. I'm picking the Bills to win fantasy. Look at Isaiah McKenzie. Look at Michael Carter. Look at, you know, maybe a Zach Moss, too, if you're still in it. Again, I wouldn't necessarily stay away from a Josh Allen. I wouldn't stay away from a Stephon Diggs, but Stephon Diggs, don't expect him to suit up. Josh Allen will play, and you always start Josh Allen if he's on your fantasy team. But if they get up big, I don't think he's going to finish the game for the Bills. I think you're going to see a little bit of Mitchell Trubisky. All righty. And now let's go around the AFC East to kind of close this out a little bit, this one-man show. The Patriots do have a shot at the AFC East title. If the Bills lose, they have to beat the Miami Dolphins. That game will be played before this Jets game. So, you know, if you're looking at it too from that perspective, the Bills could clinch the division before they even get on the field. That is also something that you might want to uh, keep in mind just looking at how that schedule might break out. So with that, and I stand corrected, they actually play at the same time. So they've also been flexed. Yay, had to double check that stat. So my apologies. But that being said, besides scoreboard watching, the Dolphins are out of it now after losing pretty badly to the Tennessee Titans last week. The Patriots still in it. 
you know, the Dolphins beat the Patriots earlier in the year. I don't know if the Dolphins are going to take a knee on this one. I highly doubt it. Again, just like a lot of other teams, if you have injuries that you've been playing through and you want to kind of start the offseason with some surgery, Dolphins players will do that. But the Patriots are going to be trying to win this. And Mac Jones is going to get a second crack at the Dolphins. The Dolphins have seen this offense before. You have to wonder, who does this game mean more to? Yes, the Bills are playing the Jets, and there's an outside chance that the Patriots might win the division if the Bills lose. However, to me, this is a big, big game for Miami. This is a big game for Tua. Tua is playing against the Bill Belichick defense with something to prove. The question all offseason is going to be, what do you do with Tua Tagovailoa? The Dolphins got this nice little run where they won seven straight after losing seven straight. But they haven't necessarily beaten anybody in that time. Tua hasn't necessarily been the star of the show like he was even at times last year. I can't remember him flashing for like a 350-yard game like he did last year against Arizona. He's been playing hurt. He's definitely got dinged up early in the year. But the Dolphins, if Tua can beat Bill Belichick's defense and, and kind of be the catalyst for what they were able to do, Maybe you keep him around. Maybe you don't. Maybe the decision's already mentally decided by ownership that we're going to go after Deshaun Watson hard, which you're going to hear a lot from Miami this offseason. But, you know, this is a big, big, big game for Tua. The Dolphins are not going to take a knee on this one. They can play spoiler for the New England Patriots. I actually kind of think that there's a possibility the Dolphins can win this game. It's the same formula for how the Bills can win games. The Dolphins play good defense. If you're able to kind of get up a little early and avoid just the Patriots running the ball back and forth, then there's an outside shot that you might be able to force Mac Jones into some turnovers like they did week one and win this game. I I wouldn't put it past Miami. I know they played really, really bad against Tennessee, but that's probably not how you want to end the year. And I know there's a mixture of Bills fans, depending on your age, some of you hate the Miami Dolphins as the biggest rival. Some of you hate the New England Patriots. I think we can all be okay if New England loses, um, that would kind of make the Bills' result not that important in terms of the AFC East. But I do think this is a game where Tua Tagovailoa is going to set the tone for his offseason. If he has a big, big monster performance against New England, he's able to beat a Bill Belichick defense, even if the Dolphins are going to trade him, that changes his value to other teams. That changes maybe the ceiling that people perceive I personally believe that the mind of ownership is already made up in terms of what they want to do with Tua long-term. They're going to be in the hunt for an Aaron Rodgers. They're going to be in the hunt for a Russell Wilson or a Deshaun Watson. But that doesn't mean Brian Flores isn't there. And if Brian Flores can get a win with Tua against New England, that'll make a big case for him in terms of the judgment of should we keep him or should we trade him. This is just a big, big game for the future of Tua Tagovailoa and maybe even the last time you see him in a Miami Dolphins uniform. Alrighty, so we are almost to the 30-minute mark of this podcast. It's just me, Jordan McGee again. Hope you get better. She is doing well. She will be back with us next week. Her quarantine is almost over. She will be listening to this because she has no other choice while she's in isolation. But we will go around the NFL now to wrap this thing up. First things first, we talked about Antonio Brown. Um, Once again, good riddance. That trade did not happen with the Buffalo Bills. He has... Whether you believe that it's an injury issue, whether you believe that it's a mental health issue, whatever the issue is, facts are that he has burned bridges in the last three organizations that he has been tied to between the Steelers, the Raiders, and now the Buccaneers. Well, the Patriots too before that. So let's call four organizations. Something is off there. Um, Where there's smoke, there's fire. The Bills avoided it. 
Do I think Antonio Brown plays again? Unfortunately, yes, I do. He is a player that's been able to put production up there from time to time. He is a guy that some coach will say, if he's in my system and does the right things, then we have something special. And you just never know. Talented players get multiple, multiple opportunities. I think he'll be back. But this is another one of those stories now that Urban Meyer's out of the league. I needed this. I needed some weirdness to in my life to help this around the NFL segment. And gosh darn it, we got it. Next up is the fact that there are some playoff teams getting some reinforcements back. Two huge names have come off the IR this week. That would be J.J. Watt as well as Derrick Henry. Watt, I don't know how much of an impact he's going to have. He's played hurt for the better part of three seasons. He missed most of this year. Yes, when healthy, he's a difference maker. He's obviously a, a scary, scary guy opposite Chandler Jones there in Arizona. But I don't know how healthy he is. I don't know how many snaps he's going to play. I don't think anyone really does. It's You have to wait and see with him. The other guy, Derrick Henry, though, we know who Derrick Henry is. We know how good he is. We know how much of a difference maker he is. He's not a Bills running back, but he's one of my favorite running backs to watch. Just his style, his physical nature, the dreads flowing in the wind. All of that is great stuff, but I do worry that is he coming back too soon because he wants to win the Super Bowl? You could argue that the Titans are definitely a team that is in contention to win the AFC when he's healthy. If they don't have Derrick Henry, I do worry about their ceiling, but they are getting healthy at the right time. Derrick Henry's coming back. Don't expect him to play this week, week 18, but you do expect him to be ready for the playoffs. They have Julio Jones back. They have A.J. Brown back. Um, They are a team that they might get the one seed overall this week. We'll see how it plays out. They are a team to kind of keep an eye on because interesting things could happen with them. The last thing that I want to touch on for around the NFL segment is that we are getting closer to one of my favorite times, especially now that the Bills are no longer part of it, the coaching carousel. The college football carousel was amazing, but the Bills, they used to be experts in the coaching carousel. We used to do this drill like every two, three years. Sean McDermott getting the Bills to the playoffs in four out of his first five years as a coach, I think is good enough to say that we won't be in the coaching carousel for a little while. But the Jacksonville Jaguars are. They are in it. They are starting their interview process. They've interviewed Byron Lefwich of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, their offensive coordinator, former franchise quarterback of the Jaguars. That'll be an interesting one. They've also interviewed Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys. And they have requests in for other assistants, including Bill O'Brien, the offensive coordinator for Alabama, former Houston Texans head coach. I'm just going to say this. I don't really, I'm not going to say I don't care who Jacksonville picks because we'll talk about it on here whenever they do make a decision. They're looking clearly towards the offensive mindset of coaches, which makes sense. You have Trevor Lawrence. You need someone who can develop a quarterback. Of all the names of guys they've mentioned, none of them have really been the catalyst, quote unquote, for developing a quarterback at the NFL level. Kellen Moore gets a little bit of credit for Dak Prescott, but he kind of came in when Dak Prescott was already on his way. And I think you give a little more credit, even though you don't want to, to the infamous clapper, Jason Garrett, Byron Lefwich. He's doing great things with Tom Brady. Isn't, didn't everybody? Um, Bill O'Brien, though, was there in Houston with Deshaun Watson. He has a little bit more to his resume in terms of getting a lot out of a high-profile pick. He went to the playoffs a lot in Houston. 
Personality-wise, obviously no one's going to like him very much. As long as you don't make him your GM, I think you're a little bit better off than where Houston ended up where he was GM plus coach, you know, all these different things. Bill O'Brien's a very interesting guy because I do think he's talented enough and he knows what he's doing at the NFL level to win. He's just not going to be a likable guy. And that's something that's strange to say, hey, we got this guy you're not going to like, but he might win. And if he wins, great, then everyone's happy. But I think Bill O'Brien's the most interesting name of the guys that they've mentioned because based on record, he should be one of the considerations. The other person that I wanted to touch on here that I haven't heard yet and no Bill's assistants have been asked for interviews as far as we've seen reports of is Leslie Frazier. I think this is the year that Leslie Frazier should be involved in just about every interview that a team has in terms of head coach openings. The Bills are the number one defense in the NFL. They've allowed the fewest passing touchdowns since the 2011 Baltimore Ravens when Ed Lewis and, or <laughs> Ed Lewis, Ed Reed and Ray Lewis. I, I kind of made a mutant uh, Baltimore Ravens Hall of Famer there. But Leslie Frazier has done a tremendous job with his defense. The defense for the Buffalo Bills has been the primary reason the Bills have the, as many wins as they do this year. The offense obviously has put up some big points at times, but the defense has been the most consistent element of this Bills team, if you ask me. The, the offense has splashed. They have exploded. They've also gone through some dud, dud moments there, and the defense has been the kind of the steady hand. They're not getting a lot of run nationally for what they're doing statistically. You're only hearing about the fact, oh, you lost to a team that only threw it three times. Yeah, but they only gave up one big running play. The rest of the time, they pretty much stifled the New England Patriots the whole time. They held up. Um, maybe Sean McDermott gets a little more credit, which kind of lessens what you give, you know, Leslie Frazier in terms of credit for this. But Leslie Frazier, former head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, he had a tremendous staff there. When you look at it in hindsight, you got to see who he's going to put together if he does get an opportunity to be a head coach again. But you look at all the different guys that you could say, you know, when we have poor character coaches, we want to get a high character guy to kind of replace them and get the culture back where we want it. Leslie Frazier, to me, should be a guy that every team is interviewing. If you're looking for an upgrade in culture and you're looking for a steady hand, I'm looking at the Las Vegas Raiders, who won't hire him because he's not going to be splashy enough for Las Vegas. But you had some bad press with with. John Gruden, you want someone who's probably going to be, you know, I would say not have the ego to replace everything you're doing there and replace them all with their own staff. I think Leslie Frazier is a guy that can come in and be a steady hand for Las Vegas and kind of keep them going. Um, you're looking also at the Bears with Matt Nagy. Leslie Frazier, former monster of the Midway, former player for the Bears, Super Bowl champion with them. Definitely one that, again, you don't like Matt Nagy if you're the players. Maybe they do. You don't like him if you're the media, but you're not going to not like Leslie Frazier. Definitely knows the division as well. Um, and then also Jacksonville. Urban Meyer, not the uh, most sound character guy in the world. Do you want to bring in a guy that's questionable going for the home run, or do you want to bring a guy in that knows the NFL, has won in the NFL before as a head coach, has won as a defensive coordinator in many, many stops, um, we'll see. I'm just making my own little sales pitch for Leslie Frazier. I think I'm a little bit perturbed already that he's not getting interviews. Not that I'm upset if he stays, obviously, but at the end of the day for me, it's about the fact that you do have talented coaches up and down this roster, getting the chance to be promoted, getting the chance to move on to, to live their dreams. They want to be head coaches elsewhere. I think this team is, is getting overlooked in some of those regards. So 
Um, yeah, that's my stance. We'll see what Jacksonville does. I think they're going to be the first team to make a hire, it seems like. The Vegas Raiders, you never know with them, but they are sneakily still in this playoff race as well with an interim special teams coordinator as their head coach. So that is it for us this week. Jordan McGee and I will be back next week, hopefully. Um, but I hope you all enjoyed this kind of one-man show this week. The Two Bills in a Pod podcast has been One Bills in a Pod the last two weeks, but we will get things back on track real soon. Thank you all for tuning in. You can follow us on Twitter, at Two Bills in a Pod. Feel free to reach out to us. We also do have an email address, at Two Bills in a Pod, at gmail.com. We will be live gifting all day Sunday and ter- leading up to the game. And during the game, Jordan McGee will, will have the con for that. Um, she is ready to go. Please engage with us. Subscribe, follow, listen, uh, reach out. We love to hear from you. But otherwise, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week and go Bills. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.